This is a Homegirl Factor podcast. I am your host, Damaris Acevedo. This podcast is a pathway to open and honest conversations with women in all walks of life. Our guest speakers will be discussing the challenges faced in our society, and we will also raise awareness on how delicate our experiences are in our earlier years and how they can change the direction of our lives. This podcast is for anyone that loves to hear stories and learn on how to grow and expand their quality of life by learning from others and their experiences. My ultimate goal is to provide a platform for women to come and discuss their challenges and use their voice by sharing their experiences without fear of judgment. These conversations are from personal experiences of the speakers and in no shape or form are recommendations or replacing professional advice. Enjoy. I want you to welcome Vanessa Acevedo. No relation to me. (laughs) I met Vanessa at uh, a competition for my granddaughter. Uh, my daughter introduced us, and uh, we have been friends ever since. It's been a long while. I occasionally have done her hair at the salon, and we got into some conversations. Vanessa is in medical sales, management, and marketing. She has done also research for about 20 years. She is a mom of three, a 15-year-old son, two daughters, 12 and 8, Her passion has been to better the lives of others, especially her friends and family. I hope you enjoy. So Vanessa, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, The subject uh, that we're gonna talk about, uh, drug abuse after COVID, has been impacting so many of us. And uh, I've seen it firsthand um, with family members and people around us and a lot of things are happening. And when we talked about this the other day at the salon, um, I felt like you were the best, you know, uh, relatable person so we can talk about this a little bit. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I've been working in the medical field for almost 20 years, um, many different areas. Um, so I do have hospital, I have different specialties that I've worked with. Um, so i you know, I've learned a lot throughout my years and, um, you know, you become knowledgeable for your own family and friends. So it's, it's been nice to be a little bit of a resource for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible that, um, you can actually be like, you are there firsthand, like you get all this information. And for us, we're just like innocent bystanders and we're just looking at what's happening and we can only imagine the reality of it, you know, like right now, like, I've seen so much. I recently went to San Francisco and um, people kept saying that the, that the city was not the same anymore. And I have never been Uh, being from New York. I figured, you know, there's a lot of homelessness in New York and stuff like that. But when I, when I got a little bit of a taste of it, uh, the drug abuse is very high right now. And it was very disheartening and it was so sad. And of course, like I said, this is just from your personal experience and what you've been exposed to and all that good stuff. So if you can maybe answer a few questions so people can kind of understand what's going on right now. Um, firstly, firstly, um, what are the physical signs of a person that is abusing drugs? How would you know? I mean, there are many different ones, right? There's, you know, a lot that are related to, you know, from, from depression. Um, you know, if you see a, somebody who's standoffish, 
um, their behaviors are starting to change. Maybe they're normally like a very happy-go-lucky type of person, um, but you're starting to notice that they're starting to stay away a lot. Um, maybe they were social, maybe they're not going out as much. I mean, there's a lot of things to look for, like ext extreme drastic changes in behavior is huge. Uh, maybe they've lost a lot of weight. Maybe they're sleeping a lot. Um, you know, it, it's it's all it all correlates, right? So you know, if they're depressed and they you know, take drugs and then their behaviors and you know, look at their eyes, look at their skin, look mm. at the teeth. You know, physical changes are there as well. Um, so it's just you know, you know people, right? Like if you're around your family, friends, you you see how they are on a daily basis. Understanding you know, you're the people that you're around, you know, if you're amongst family or friends, you know, you notice their behavior changes and their physical appearance changes. Um, there, there's a lot of things to keep an eye out. It can't, it doesn't always have to be a drug related issue. It could be, could be a depression to drug, drug abuse. It could be a, a couple of different things, but there's a lot of different factors to look for, but behavioral changes are, are, are huge. Yeah. And, and that's a good point that you're saying, like, you know, these people, right? So, when you're dealing with people that are abusing drugs. And for me, like my major concern would be teenagers and kids because those are the ones that, um, you know, they're they're new at this. They're, they're experimenting. They don't know what they're doing. They listen to their friends before they listen to anybody else. Um, and uh, it's hard to tell sometimes when teenagers are, are using drugs and stuff like that because they right. hide very well. You know, so it's kind of like, a, it's one of those things for me is very personal. You know, um, I have uh, some experiences uh, with family close by that have had very, uh, very difficult times with drug addiction. And I've had people very close to me that have died and people that I know uh, due to overdose. So it's kind of like a little scary when you see those things. That's why it's become like a passion for me to talk about this um, today. You know, what, what would you consider like drug addiction? Addiction, Because a lot of people, you know, they, they use different sorts of drugs. Like they, they smoke cigarettes, they, they drink alcohol. Um, you know, what would you consider drug addiction to be? If you use it one time a week, would that be, you know? I mean, it's, it's really, you know, there's a lot. Addiction comes in different forms, right? Like you said, drinking wine, you know, smoking cigarettes, you know, it, it depends on like, it's, it's a daily use, right? Because you're using it you're using it for a need, right? Because it's a lot of people do this to alleviate stress and um, to get them in a calmer state. Because you know, when you even when you drink or when you smoke or or do any type of drugs, it's it's to alleviate some type of pain. So if the pain they're feeling is happening daily, and and they they're using their substance to alleviate that pain, you know, I, I would consider that uh, an abuse. Because if they're not if they're not using it as needed, they're using oh. it. In a, in a manner beyond that, because they feel like they're in constant pain or whatever, whether it's emotional, physical. I mean, that from what I've seen is a level of addiction. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and how easy is it for someone to become addicted to drugs? Like, for example, you know, cocaine or uh, all the major drugs that are out there. How easy is it? Is it you try it once? And you get addicted? How does that work? From what I hear, um, it's pretty easy. Uh, I'll give you an example. You know, I, I've had it in my family as well. So my uncle, um, and this came from my mother, you know, when he was younger, they, they grew up in New York as well. You know, they went to a private school until he was schizophrenic. Um, they were, he was influenced, right? Like he, it was easy to get. I don't think he really had to pay for anything. And he started off young. 
Um, I believe it was acid that he took and had just, that was kind of like the starting point, right? Like one drug and then probably that some other different drugs that he took, which later on in his adult life, like he ended up being an alcoholic and he ended up passing away young. But um, yeah, yeah. And sometimes I've heard because we've had been having this conversation with a few people, you know, through the months and, you know, since COVID, especially a lot of people uh, get addicted to drug because they use a specific type of drugs and um, they are always chasing for that high so they'll continue using it and then they just get addicted to it that's a little bit scary but of a drug use can lead you to down that road it's such a sad such a sad uh experience for someone i know that you've done a little bit of research and we talked about it this at this at the salon and i wasn't sure if this is something that you can discuss or not but you did some research and we discussed the highest drug that people are using since COVID, specifically, let's say, in our area, from what you experienced in your research, what is the drug of choice right now? Um, there's a lot of heroin, um, more than what I thought of people being addicted to heroin. Like that's, that was kind of the, the biggest that I saw with when I talked to several patients. Um, and, you know, more than than weed more than you know anything else I mean that's that was primary so I was very I was very um surprised at that because you see you know people that are even, even very highly professional people that you know they had that addiction so it, it, wow, it's, it's very sad yeah it's very sad and you know what's even scarier now that they're lacing things with fentanyl and a lot of things so people don't even know what they're getting unfortunately yeah, no, it's it's definitely like anything you get, nothing is clean, right? L unless you're growing something yourself and you're doing something yourself. I mean, that's obviously your choice and whatever you do. But if you're buying stuff, you have no idea what you're getting. And it's sad because they'll not, it'll not just be fentanyl. It'll be, you know, rat poison. It'll be anything that's you know, over the counter that they can mix with it. It could be any type of poison. And you're really taking that chance to kill yourself. Yeah, that's so sad. That's so sad. So in your experience, would you say that mental health played a role on the drug abuse that happened with the increased after COVID? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think it was, it was a, not that it was the only thing, but I think it was a huge, there were a huge percentage of, of people, especially children. Um, you know, I worked for the children's hospital and, you know, the numbers that we were here of, you know, kids trying to take their own lives on a daily basis in the ER, um, really increased um, during the COVID timeframe. And, and it's sad because, you know, there's a lot of things that they were lacking, you know, not, not going to school face-to-face, -face, not being around peers, you know, social interaction is huge when it comes to mental health and that's all of a sudden taken away, you know, so they have to, they go to other forms of, you know, relief or they need something to help them pass the time and, and get them through whatever they're dealing with. And unfortunately, you know, stuff like that was happening and, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it was a shame, a real big shame. Yeah, it's a shame. And I think a lot of us had that experience. We had a little bit of a traumatic ex experience just being, you know, closed down for so many weeks. I did. I, I had like a little bit of a setback there. Uh, yeah. Thank God that I, instead of going to use drugs, I started meditating. That's what I did. That's how I took my, um, my recovery. Because I was really having a hard time. I was a little bit depressed. I was unhappy. Uh, it was stressful being home, not being able to go anywhere, not knowing what was going to happen. So instead of me 
you know, I mean, obviously, I think everybody drank more alcohol than normal during that time. (laughs) But, but I do believe that the fact that I just said to myself, Oh, my gosh, let me sit myself down and start meditating and relaxing and kind of start thinking positively and working on myself. uh, I'm very fortunate that I was able to do that. I wish more people would try that before they would just, you know, drown themselves in something else, you know, when it comes to an experience like that, for example, you know. Yeah, no, it's definitely an easier, like easier route to go because I mean, versus taking the time out for yourself to meditate. And some people don't find that that's important. You know, we, we know it is, and we know it's important to give you that yourself that time to reset, but there's many people that don't. And what's easier, just grab something and that gives you instant relief. Yeah. So that, that was the sad part behind it. Yeah, I know. I know. So um, would you say that, because um, I know you said you're in a new career now, um, but I know that you sounded very passionate about this whole thing uh, with the drug abuse and your research. Would you say that something in your past triggered this journey for you? Like, you know, being passionate about this? Um. Yeah, I mean, what I saw... A lot of things during that COVID timeframe created a lot of passion for me. I mean, the first thing that happened for me that was traumatic was I lost both all four of my grandparents oh, during wow. 2020 and 2021. Um, thank you. Yeah. So that, that was real, real tough, along with the normal toughness of COVID. But then then working for the hospital and seeing, you know, the dramatic changes with, with these children and, and you know, it not a lot of, of this information was not reported because they weren't going to school. And that's where, um, like, a lot of people get their information, or the government gets their information is from schools. Since, since the schools were closed, that wasn't being reported. But I was seeing it because I was in the know. And it's just, it's sad, you know, when you have children of your own and, you know, you're, you're trying to keep them healthy. And then you're seeing other kids that are, unfortunately, dealing with worse. And, um, you know, I'm blessed that mine did well, you know. You know, they had their challenges like anyone else. But... They got through it and they did well, but some of the other kids didn't have, you know, the foundation or maybe the environment to to flourish during that time. And it was it was really sad. So, you know, so this really like became a trigger because I'm like, you know, there's so many things that could have been done that could have probably avoided a lot of this. But um, but unfortunately, it didn't happen. So a lot of these results happen with, you know, drugs and, you know, children getting behind in school and a lot of other things, depression mental health concerns. I mean, so many things have rooted from it. Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it's good that you're aware and this is why this platform is so important. And, you know, we, I'm not as experienced as many podcasters out there and I'm learning every day and I'm doing all, you know, all the things, but I feel like this is sometimes people need to hear this, you know, from, from all sorts of voices, you know, not just from, you know, uh, professionals but from people average people like you and me that we do care and that there's something that could possibly be done um so just um to kind of get towards the end of our interview i just wanted to ask you one more question what advice would you give your listeners uh, specifically of teenagers because that's my biggest biggest worry um the teenagers because it's such a you know near and dear subject to me um, what would you um, advise parents um, to look for uh, in reference to this issue with drugs? I would, number one, you know, find a way to keep communication open with your kids because, 
you know, I know as they get into the preteen and teenage ages, um, you know, I obviously I have one of each. Um, it's it becomes difficult, right? They're on social media, they want to hang out, they retreat to their rooms, everything is, you know, away from their parents. But if you don't know what they're doing, um, it could be dangerous. I mean, I would try to find a, a level of openness to have with them. I mean, everybody's level of communication is different, but you know, check on them, see what they're doing, what they're involved in, get them involved in a sport or any type of activity, because yeah. if they're sitting at home on their phone, on the computer um, all the time and not doing something physically active or musical or, or something different, I mean, that's not good for their development. And, and if they're influenced by other people doing not so great things, I mean, that's an easier type of thing for them to pick up. So I would just say, just try to keep them as active as possible. Talk to them as often as possible, because if you're not, you, you might be missing something. Exactly. Exactly. And kids are tricky. You know, they know how to hide things and, um, you know, you, you want to trust them and believe them. But unfortunately I was a teenager. I remember all the good things, you know, so um, <laughs> oh, yeah. especially we were growing, all there. <laughs> yeah. Especially growing up in New York. Yeah. But uh, Vanessa, thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. Um, I'm going to see if uh, we can put in some links um, to places that people can go to do more research or if they uh, want to know more about, you know, what to do with their kids, how to uh, um, how to see more signs, how to detect what's going on in their lives, um, because this is such an important subject. And even with our families and adults, you know what to look for. So yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Yes, sweetie. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me today. And please rate and comment on this episode. I greatly appreciate your input. I hope to see you next time.